Well, welcome back, everyone. It's good to be back, finally, to have a crowd in front of us, even the camera's still here. So all those of you still at home, uh, we're still with you, praying with you. And I'd like to just start out by saying a uh, very happy Mother's Day uh, to all of our mothers here present. I'll be giving you uh, a blessing at the end of Mass. And it's uh, especially um, touching for me because it's my first uh, Mother's Day without my mother here on this earth. Um, and I was talking to Father Patrick about it, and he's like, but you have all, all mothers are mothers to priests. <laughs> and so, uh, and plus our Blessed Mother, obviously, filling in that gap. But as I was thinking about what to preach on today, this, this first Mass coming back, and just realizing the crazy times that we're in, and I was thinking about, well, I, you know, I could kind of preach a little bit more about uh, these unprecedented times. But then I was like, the Lord has really put onto my heart that I should, I should preach on how the church responded to crisis at the beginning, right? How, how we kind of responded at the beginning. And I'm, I'm always amazed because at, when we read during the Easter season, we read through the Acts of the Apostles and you hear all about kind of the, the early church and the evangelization of the church and how fast it happened. Like it just took off. And I'm always amazed at that. I'm also always amazed at how fast numbers are decreasing in the modern day and age. And I think that there might be one thing that the church is missing that we had in the beginning that we really just don't have as much anymore. Because we as Catholics are to be concerned with evangelization is part and parcel of what it means to be a baptized Christian. And we have an amazing opportunity right now. Like seriously amazing. Because people are going crazy. They don't know what to believe. They don't know who to believe. They're in their, they're stir crazy in their homes. Maybe you're even experiencing some of this. Maybe you're not like as strong as you thought you were. Maybe you're a little bit more alone than you thought you were. And this gives us an incredible chance to evangelize. Because evangelization doesn't happen through programs. Evangelization happens when John sits down with Tom and they talk about serious things. Right now I have a text thread with my buddies from high school. And we're, we're kind of all on different pages. And it has just been a beautiful place to evangelize. Not being weird, not being uncharitable, but just telling them what the church believes in the midst of all of this. It's talking about serious stuff, not surface level stuff. Not like, you know, the, the latest conspiracy theory, which there are many right now. And they're kind of fun to watch. Personally, I like watching them. They're kind of fun. Or, you know, talking about what if, what if should I even go out? What if I die from, from this virus? Instead of sitting down with somebody and saying, well, what happens when you die? I had a, a priest buddy of mine, he says, it, it's like, since this virus has come out, everybody has forgotten they're going to die. Like, if I can just get around COVID, that somehow I beat death. Right? And I hate to be the, the bearer of bad news this Easter morning, but we're all going to die. That's, that's going to happen. And so we should really be asking the question, not about the virus, but what happens after this life? That's a better question to pose to people right now. 
Or another one is, you know, liberal conservative. Or like the statistics on the flu versus the statistics on COVID. They're basically the same. Can you believe? These are all just narratives and stuff. Instead of, instead of maybe saying not how many people die from the flu or the coronavirus. But challenging people to the billions. I was going to start to sound like Trump. Billions. <laughs> but the, seriously, but the billions and billions of people that have died from abortion. Why isn't anybody talking about that? A global pandemic, God forbid, we actually talk about a global genocide that's been going on not since January, it's been going on for decades. Why aren't we talking about that? And so what I, we have an unprecedented time to bring up real issues with people. And not only just moral issues, but to tell them, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of this. Why? Because of him. It's not if I'm going to die. It's when and how. And so if this kills me, this kills me. If it doesn't, something else will. And so that doesn't matter. What matters is that. That man, the God-man, changed everything. And that can bring hope to people, man. I mean, that's what happened in the early church. He sent them out two by two. Paul and Barnabas, Peter and Andrew, James and John. And what did they do? They went and talked about the one who changed everything. Any of us can do that. Any of us. So how did it actually happen? I think there were four ways. But before I get to those four ways, and don't worry, they're short and I'm only going to talk about one. But I got a lot to say today. (laughs) It's been a while. But I want to acknowledge how it didn't happen. In the first 250 years of Christianity, how evangelization didn't happen. It didn't happen by Catholic high schools, grade schools, and great universities. It didn't happen through certain dioceses having great pastoral programs of evangelization. It didn't happen through widespread distribution of catechetical material. It didn't happen through Christian art, architecture, literature, any of that. Now, just so you don't think I'm crazy, I am in favor of these things. I'm just saying in the first 250 years, they weren't around. So how did it happen? Four things. Prayer, sacraments, virtuous behavior, and friendship. And friendship particularly based around prayer, sacraments, and virtuous behavior. And that's what I want to talk about. Because I think if we're missing one thing in our modern day and age, it is friendship. I'm not talking colleagues. I'm not talking friends that you go hunting with or watch football with or go shopping with. I'm not talking about your like-minded whatever. I'm talking about friends. Friends that will call you out. That will call you to greatness. That won't let you live in mediocrity. That won't let you settle. Friends that would die for you. How many of those do you have? 
I'm a huge Willie Nelson fan. And uh, there's this new song he just came out, and he sings with Luke Nelson, his son, who... It's like uncanny how much they sound alike. It's, it's really weird. He's like a young Willie. But anyway, <clears throat> it's this song called Just Breathe. And one of the lines he has is, I'm a lucky man to count on both hands the ones I love. Some folks, they have one. Others, they have none. And I look around, and I know the friends that I have that are built on prayer, sacraments, and virtuous behavior. And they, are, they have depth. Yeah, we talk about serious stuff all the time. Not just surface level. And that's what draws people in. When they experience that, when they get around that, they want more of it. Because they don't have any of it. I think I told you a story about when I was out at Minokin uh, as the pastor. We did this thing called the Creasters. And the Creasters was an all-male choir that sung at Christmas and Easter. Because that's all they would agree to. And these are old, you know, farmer, ranchers, big, tough guys. But we got them to sing. It was awesome. And there were like 25 of us. But the deal was, the only way I could sell them on this, was that after the one-hour choir rehearsal, we would go back to my rectory and watch football and drink beer until like 2 in the morning. They were all in. And it was great. We started out, it was just kind of fun and hanging out and just surface level. And then it just got deeper and deeper and deeper And I remember one guy coming out and looking at me, and he was like, Father, we need this. Us, men, we need this. And it's available, and that was attractive. That brought more people into the church. And that's what all of you are called to. You are on the front lines. I am here to encourage you and help you, but you got to bring people to me. You're out there. Do people know that you know him? Do people look at you and say, man, there's something different about John. There's something different about Stacy. They got something. I want that. Or do we kind of blend in? We need good, prayerful, sacramental-based friendships. That's what the world is longing for. We talk about familial love. We talk about marital love. When's the last time any of you have heard people talk about friendship love? Especially for guys. A guy to say to another guy, I love you? Weird. But it shouldn't be. I say I love you to my friends all the time because I do. And people desire that. If there is one thing, as Mother Teresa said, right, she worked with the poorest of the poor. And she said when she came to America, she experienced the greatest poverty in the entire world. Because we have everything. But there's a poverty of love that Americans just don't experience. We just don't. And she said that was the worst poverty I've ever seen. The transformation of culture comes through friendship. Aristotle said, without friends, no one would choose to live. Cicero wrote, I can only advise you to prefer real friendship to all other things in the realm of human attainment. For us, I mean, it's family love, marital love. For the ancients, friendship love was the greatest love there was. That's how we affect culture. We make friends, and when we make friends, we tell them about the one we love.
and how he changed everything. And that changes everything. And maybe you don't know him, and that's okay. That's okay. So I invite you, if, if you don't know him, I invite you to just pray this prayer from your heart for the rest of this Mass. Let this be your intention. Lord, I don't know you, at least not as well as I should. I don't know the difference you can make, but I want to know it. I want to know the peace you alone can give. I want to live my life without anxiety and fear. I don't want to be a slave to sin. I want to be free. I want to live my life as your instrument. So even now, here in this place, come into my life. Call me by name. And let me hear your voice. And help me to be eager to tell others about you who changed everything. Dare him. Dare him to come into your life. And then see what happens.